0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Navigating Our Roots a Través de Nuestras Cicatrices. I'm your show host, Lorelei Flores Gonzalez, and if you're tuning in for the first time, thank you very much. If, if this is not your first time listening, thank you for coming back. In this episode, we'll be speaking to a very special guest by the name of Isabel Almonte Tavares. We're going to be talking about Yo No Sabo Kids and the issue that arises with that. Isabel, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself for us. Hello, my name is Isabel.
1: I am a junior. My major is public health. I use the pronoun she, her, and my parents are both Dominican.
0: Period. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, kind of a question that I ask for everyone who comes on here is, why did you choose Charlotte?
1: Honestly, I chose Charlotte because it was, I thought I was kind of dumb in school, so I didn't think that I would get to a nice school, and it actually was my first choice when I was a freshman, Mm -hmm. and I kind of felt lost, I felt like I had no resources, and it was kind of at the end that I was like, oh, let me just apply to Charlotte and see I got in, and I got in.
0: Perian, I knew you were. Yeah. I was rooting for you. Even Um. though you didn't know me. (laughs) 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 I was still rooting for you. Okay. So the topic that we're going to be talking about today is, of course, um, kids who maybe don't speak Spanish but are very rooted in their culture. Um, My question for you is, do you happen to have an issue with that label? So growing up,
1: it did bother me that people called me... uh, no Sabo kids, but I did say, oh, you know Sabo. And people make fun of me, but they'll never, like, correct me or anything. And it, it did bother me because I felt like I wasn't connected to my culture enough. I felt like I was, I wasn't, you know, Dominican enough because I couldn't speak it correctly and I was embarrassed to speak it. And also it didn't help that my family members, whenever I would come to visit them, they would always want me to speak to them in Spanish, and I'd be shy. I would be scared because I felt like an imposter. Yeah. This this wasn't, this, I don't know what to say to them.
0: Yeah. Um, so I've said it to you personally before, but I'm an avid protector of Nosavo Kids um, because I feel like there's so many things that we do as a community to prioritize other groups before we prioritize our own. And somebody not knowing the language isn't defining of the fact that they don't know their culture or that they don't have access to the same resources, that they don't experience the same struggles. Because if you go and for example, you find a tan brown person and you know they're Latino in their culture, in their heritage and ethnicity, but they don't speak Spanish, does that automatically negate their experiences as Latinos in the United States? Of course not. So they're still Latino, but within our own culture, we nitpick who is Latino enough and who is not. So my other question for you is, do you happen to have like experiences where you feel like our community, the Latino community, or your community as a Dominican prioritizes certain types of groups before they prioritize you as an actual Latin American.
1: Yes, when I used to work at Compare Food all the time, I remember, it's actually funny, I was speaking Spanish, and again, I was speaking with an American accent. This guy, he thought I was American, and he was like, oh, you speak good for an American. Wow, you're learning so much. And I didn't feel like, to tell them, like, I'm Dominican. Yeah. Like, this is not, that's not my culture. And also for the fact that I always would get told, I would always get told to practice more, to understand it more. And in like, the, sometimes people will be like, you're not Dominican because you don't speak it. Like, you're not, I don't know what you are, but you're not Dominican.
0: Yeah. um, And I think there's something, like, inconceivably hurtful about that where it's like you don't fit the narrative for what an American is because you are tied in your roots as a Dominican person, but you don't fit as a Dominican person because they're telling you you're not Dominican, even though you are. And I also I'm I'm not technically considered a Nosabo kid. Um, but because of the fact that this label has become very, very negative, I get really anxious speaking Spanish. I learned how to read Spanish, um, how to write in Spanish, very basic stuff, of course, because I was just a child, but I was learning. So I can understand, um, almost everything in Spanish, except when it comes to, like, academic papers, then I'm like, what does this mean? And then I'll have to translate it in English, and I'm like, oh, and then I unlock a new vocabulary word. But essentially, I feel like there's, like, this huge weight put on me where it's like, yes, I speak Spanish, I know what you're saying, I can communicate with you, but I'm scared that you're going to judge me, and then I get anxious. So Mm -hmm. do you ever have instances where you're like, I want to communicate with you in Spanish, but I get anxious,
1: Yes, all the time. Like, every time I talk to someone that's not my, pa- that's not my parents in Spanish, I always try to double-think my words. And I know how to – the voice in my head, it does know how to pronounce it. But whenever I say it, it sounds completely wrong, and then I'm a laughing sop. Like, every time – like, during the pandemic – all these no sabo kids joke would come up on my for you page and that was damaging to me because you're telling me just because I speak to culture I'm less than and you're criticizing me instead of helping me yeah and obviously I remember my parents would have sessions where we would read the bible and the bible would be in Spanish and I would like try to read it again I wasn't taught my sometimes my mom would be laughing at me and I'm like you didn't I don't know. This is this is the way that I, it sounds to me. Like instead of laughing at me, help me, and yeah. it just makes me feel less than. Like I'm not a part of my culture. That I I screwed up as a child because let's be honest, to learn it's easier to learn a language when you're a child, mm-hmm. and it's just it's really hard for me. Even though I do have the resources, I get scared. I get anxious. I get like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna say something bad about me not being Hispanic because being Latina is a part of me and it's going to be my identity forever.
0: Yeah. I agree with that completely. Um I think it's sad um how we tend to I think as a community it's so important to uplift each other especially if we're trying to reconnect with the roots. And you, for example, already have a connection to these roots, so it's, it's hurtful and it's horrible that people, instead of taking the time to talk to you and tell you, well, hey, this is how you say it, they're laughing at you, making you feel like you're less than, like, you aren't worthy of speaking Spanish because you didn't learn when you were young, but there's so many reasons why people don't learn Spanish especially if they grew up in the United States because if you're like your parents are speaking it at home that's great but as a child you're spending more than half your day at school and then you come home and you're reading and doing homework in English and yeah sometimes with with Latinx parents you're kind of like stuck at home by yourself because they're at work or if they're not at work they're busy doing their own things because I don't know how it is with your parents, but with my parents, it's always, like, constant movement. And so it's kind of hard to, t- to take the time to teach a child a new language. It, like, if school is the primary source for teaching English, you can't you can't blame the child for not knowing Spanish when they're being taught English. Also,
1: I would like to add, I feel like it's not just the parents, but also their community around them. Um, Also having family members living around you so you can practice your your Spanish. My cousin who lives in New York, she speaks Spanish perfectly because she had more than the community. She had my aunts, uncles, our abuelas, abuelos, and I honestly, here in North Carolina, it was just my parents and my three brothers, and me and my three brothers are the same. Also, I would, my dad told me, so we would always ask my, our parents, like, why didn't you teach us Spanish? And my mom would always say, well, I only speak Spanish. Like, that's what I only taught, spoke to you. And then my dad would say, well, this is the number one reason. Well, I like this reason. He said that we didn't have enough money to go to the Dominican Republic when we were younger. So you can have that exposure of speaking that Spanish and also understanding it while you're younger.
0: Yeah. I agree with that um I think that in my case specifically and I think this is why like intersectionality is important because there's so many things that take root in that for example if you happen to grow up in a low income area I I see this all the time where young you know kids who live in areas where poverty is like not low They have access to resources where they can speak multiple languages. I used to volunteer at the public library when I was, I think it was like freshman year in high school. And I remember there was a group of little kids who lived like 40 minutes from where I grew up. Very wealthy area. And they were in a school that offered them the opportunity to learn Spanish. So these kids knew Spanish like fluently and that's good for them being bilingual has its perks like it's it's a very good tool to have but it's also really saddening if you sit and think about how like low-income areas don't have that same access they don't have the ability to provide this and if they do the resources are so limited that it's almost impossible to learn which is again why intersectionality is so important so, another thing that I want to talk about in regards to Nosabo kids, which bothers me a lot, is how we as a community, you touched on this a little bit, when we as a community approach primarily white individuals and we praise them for learning the language that we learn, but whenever Nosabo kids, for example, don't when they're trying to actively learn the language, we essentially shit on them for it. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts
1: on that is, you know, it is great that the people, they want to learn it another language, especially Spanish. I definitely do see, how you. mostly my parents are like, oh, you speak Spanish? Like, wow, that's so good. And then whenever, you know, I try or my brother tries, like, what like you're you're supposed to know this i feel like that's that's very like harsh i don't know i don't know why we're gatekeeping our culture to the people that are in our culture but we're allowing other people to like we're open the gates and like oh welcome spanish
0: yeah i think it's it's horrible actually because it's like you said we're opening the gates for somebody for a group of people who Yes, it's great that they're learning Spanish and it's wonderful because, you know, Spanish is expected to be like one of the most spoken languages in the United States. But why do we not keep that same mentality with our own community? I
1: think the reason why is because we they expect the No Sabo kids to already know it. And again, they don't understand why No Sabo kids don't understand it or don't speak it fluently. And I guess people in our culture, they're kind of afraid of what they don't understand, Mm -hmm. in my personal opinion.
0: I agree with that. I was reading an article today to prepare, and it was very interesting. It was written by Lilia Monzo, and the title is They Don't Know Anything, Latinx Immigrant Students Appropriating the Oppressor's Voice. Which the, fir- the title of the article really had me like, wow, that's a very strong title. Um, but in this article, she writes, In the Latinx community, internalized racism exists over ethnic identity. Who is a better Latinx? Who is too Anglo? Who has greater Spanish and or English skills? It projects a quote-unquote defensive othering. By distancing from the negative associations ascribed to a subgroup as in the case of Latinx who vote positively on anti immigrant legislation. Successful Latinxes who experience internalized oppression question their abilities, feel like frauds, and fear being outed as incompetent. Okay. So what she's saying is that in the Latinx community, we tend to experience a lot of internalized like racism or mm. xenophobia. And we judge each other by deciding who is too Anglo-Saxon, who is too Latinx, who speaks better English, who speaks better Spanish. Like we're constantly criticizing one another to be the perfect Latinx person, but also perfect enough to fit into the American ideal. What are your thoughts on that? Well,
1: that reminds me of when my brother used to tell me how Latinx people are so critical of each other and we tend to like put each other on a hierarchy of who is the Latinx, who's the ideal. And if you want to look at phenotypes, people tend to look at straighter hair or lighter skin as better, but also having that Spanish, you know, that spiciness to be that ideal Latinx for the American community.
0: Com- I completely agree and I think that that also fuels negative stereotypes about us um, in the American society and you know we, we're technically American by birth so I think navigating American society but following not following within the American stereotypes or falling within the American, American categories of what we should look like or how sh- we should act is extremely damaging and i think in terms of Nosabo kids it makes their the process like so much worse like harder because you are expected to be again the perfect latin acts perfect speaking you're connected to the culture but if you don't fit that you're not really American enough to be considered American because at the end of the day, you go and have carne asadas. You know, you go and, and you visit the country you're from, but they don't quote-unquote claim you. Mm-hmm. So what are you really? It's, it's very damaging.
1: Is it like, you know, in watching the Selena movie, you know, when they said you're, you're too me- you're too American for the Mexicans, but too Mexican for Americans.
0: Yeah. You're American by birth. You have access to these resources, you have access to these tools. But then if you use them, the Americans shame you for it. But if you don't use them, then your you know, like your your ethnicity, your mm-hmm. your group shames you for not using it because you're supposed to use it. And then going back to, to the language speaking, Americans, it doesn't, I, I think this is one of the thing that things that bothers me the most is that you, when an Ameri- a white American looks at you, they're going to see either a racially ambiguous person or, like, a, a person of color. Like, they're going to be like, oh, I don't know what this person is, like, what their race is. Or they're going to straight up be like, yeah, that's that's a Hispanic person. So I think that's another thing that bothers me because a, a white American will see you as a person of color. And they will socialize you as in, in the other group. They'll put you in the other category. And then your community, the part, the group that you're supposed to fit with, will also put you in the other category because... You don't know the language. Yeah, you you know the culture. You eat the foods, but you can't speak the language. Like how is that a fair rule to use? You're being put aside by both of your identities, by both of your groups, and it's so damaging.
1: It is damaging. Like I feel like for me another thing is I don't I don't speak the language. I know some of the culture, but I didn't grow up in a Dominican area like you know new york or i didn't even grow up in dominican republic and i didn't have a family around me so sometimes of course i won't fit in with the american culture and then i won't really fit in with the dominican culture and it's like where am i now
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i agree with that um and i think within college life well i don't want to speak over like speak for you but how do you think that translates In college life the way that you feel like you don't fit anywhere within the two cultures how does that apply to you in your college setting well sometimes I
1: just I feel left out I feel like whenever I'm afraid to say that I don't speak Spanish fluently fluently enough because I feel like I will get judged and then of course Trying to make friends, trying to see people who will accept me for who I am, it's kind of hard, you know. Yeah. And it just, you know, when people are talking about the um, telenovelas they used to watch, I'm gonna be honest. When Sabado Gigante was on, I told my parents, like I, I waited for my parents to go to sleep so I can watch Disney Channel. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, like, baby, like I'm not trying to say I'm a little whitewashed or anything, but. It kind of like I wish I can relate more. I wish I can have that, you know, community that I can talk more about my culture, my uh, experiences. But sometimes I feel like my experiences are a little bit Americanized yeah. because I grew up. He, I grew up in Matthews, North Carolina, and they all have like families surrounding them, and I feel a little left out. And obviously, speaking Spanish. Whenever they speak Spanish, I get nervous. I was like, oh no. <laughs> Here it comes. Like <laughs> imposter syndrome comes I, up.
0: I feel that girl. I feel that a thousand percent. Um, of course to a varying different degree, but um I completely understand what that means for you. Um, for me, I think that I also struggle with it because I remember when I was growing up, my parents would always hand me and it's like a meme now where like they hand you a piece of paper when you're like 10 years old and they're like what does this say oh my gosh and it's like an important legal document yes. and it's like i don't know um but i my mom actually used to do that a lot and i would always get scared and paranoid and be like oh my gosh like, girl i don't know ask somebody like within the field because I'm, I'm i'm like 12. yeah <laughs> I remember like from a very young age having to be relied on to translate stuff and even now I'm still like the person that my family turns to to be like hey send this guy a text message in English and you know I'm fine with doing it because I know that I have like the privilege of accessing two languages and I'm more than happy to do so because it generally takes like 30 seconds but my question for you is, did you ever feel, like, the pressure in that sense where they were, like, help me do this in Spanish? And because you kind of struggled with the language, it made you feel, like, more of an outcast? Or if it made you feel, like, if you found strength in that because you were able to translate?
1: So, I mean, still to this day, they always ask me for help to order stuff on line for them to buy them an airplane ticket. Yeah. And so my aunt, she came over and she wanted me to buy her an airplane ticket to Dominican Republic, of course. And you know, I would try to explain to her some things in, uh, in Spanish, you know, try to practice, and then in turn she was she she saw me struggling speaking Spanish, she would start talking to me in English. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "No, this was the perfect opportunity." But also yeah, that's literally how I felt. I felt kind of useless that I couldn't help my parents. I can tell them I can tell them in English and try to put it in words that they'll understand cuz they do understand English, but I felt useless and there were I, all the time I wish I can speak Spanish fluently. I wish that I can be the one that my parents can call up and talk to and then I can just help them translate it whenever they are talking to someone on the phone. But there are some instances where my mom just like, oh, here's the phone, you know, just pay my bill through the phone, and I would be able to help her speaking English through that because she's not really fluent in English.
0: Yeah. So, going off of what you just said, you mentioned that with your parents, you felt sort of, like, useless in helping them translate stuff, which, by the way, you're not. Um, But how did you navigate because both of your parents speak spanish right and they understand english but how did you navigate a relationship with them like a like in a relationship as their daughter did you ever feel like um maybe frustrated or upset because you felt like your relationship was at odds like it wasn't even because you couldn't communicate so you couldn't say this is what's bothering me, or this is hurting me. Please help me. Or they couldn't really understand what you meant, or they understood it in a different way. How did you navigate that? So,
1: this barely happens, I would say, because my dad does speaks like he speaks English, pretty pretty well. My mom, on the other hand, um, I don't, I really, everyone asks me this, and I'm like. Well she understands English and I understand Spanish and we just understand each other. And w- there are sometimes there are some words that she I would say in English I was uh, I would say and she's like I don't understand what that means and we would just go on Google and look it up. <laughs> it was something simple as that. Yeah. And I feel like since we've been doing this since I was y- little there's really there really hasn't been no struggle has there been like some culture bari- barriers that they don't understand yeah and I feel like with your mom you you probably have the same experience you know like they don't really understand like someone texting here like oh I'm gonna go like no they have to come inside the house like no yeah. but I feel like since we've been doing this our whole life and my brothers are the same way there's barely, like, any time that we, there's barely, like, a little time. Like, if, if there is a time of a word we don't understand, we just look it up on Google, and then I try to explain to her in words that she'll understand.
0: Okay, so you kind of, like, worked around it and found a solution to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Um, and then also another question that I had is, you said that both of your brothers and you are considered, quote-unquote, Nosabo kids. Have you met any other people who are quote-unquote no-sabot, and if so, what's it like having a community with people who understand the experiences, whether it be just your siblings or people you've met um, outside of your family? How does it make the a- alienating experience feel less alienating?
1: I have met at least two people. One was a co-worker I used to have at Compare Foods, I remember she was Dominican well, and I asked her, oh, do you understand Spanish better than you can speak it? And she said yes. And I was like, ah, we didn't really become BFFs, but the other day I did repost a TikTok saying uh, um, every time I speak Spanish, I get so embarrassed, and she liked it. So I guess that was a little community. Yeah. And then the other one was my brother's girlfriend. She is third-generation Mexican, so, I mean – she kind of, like, her parents don't speak to her in Spanish. She speak t- in English to her. And, but, honestly, I haven't seen anyone else. I feel like it's just, like, me and my brothers and maybe two of my cousins, but their dad is half white. So, kind of, that's kind of, like, their excuse. But, like, only having, like, first generation parents being fully born speaking Spanish. It's, like... We, I feel like we're the only ones. I, I've never met like, a comu- a person that was just like me.
0: Yeah, I completely understand that. So are there ever times where you feel like your brothers are your community for you? Or are there times where you're like, yeah, they're my community, but they're also not? I feel like
1: they are my community because, first. My oldest brother, he was born in Dominican Republic, but he was brought over here when he was a baby, so he doesn't speak Spanish that well. And then my other brother, he was born in, like, the same New York, and we always talk about it. We always talk about, like, how different we are from every Latinx kids. How, like, why is it just us? Like, we, we always try to put, put the puzzles and pieces of understanding. Like, what did our mom even speak to us? Why didn't we speak Spanish fluently? And I feel like that's just, that makes me just a sense of belonging and that we don't make fun of each other for speaking Spanish, of course. Yeah. Because we try to support each other and that's, I feel like that is my community and I haven't found anyone that are li- that is like us and I feel like even though they're so far apart, there's something that really bonded us, bond us together.
0: That's so beautiful. Um... And so additionally, another thing that I wanted to ask you is within that community that you have formed with your brothers, is there anything that you guys wish to see either more of or more access to resources? Because at the end of the day, you are first generation. You are a first generation student. You are a first generation Latina student. So you still struggle with the struggles of any other Latina, you still struggle with the struggles of any other first-generation student, but you've got this added feeling of, like, loneliness um, because you feel alienated by your own community, so is there something that you guys wish that you could see more of or more access to resources just for that community?
1: Yes, I always thought of, I, I've always thought of, like, maybe there should be a place for, well, this is for my case, for a person that understands Spanish but wants to practice it in a judgment-free zone and having that resources. Like, I always thought, like, oh, I'm going to start, a, like, a corporation or a community so people like me have a chance to speak Spanish and so they don't feel judged and they can get up chance to meet people are like them that are like they understand that struggle of like you know just because you don't you're not fluent or you don't speak it that doesn't make you less any latin latinx than you like you said i still go through the same struggles i still have you know worry about that tuition that's coming i still worry (laughs) about
0: that (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that was that was wonderful. Yeah, but um, yeah,
1: that's how I feel. Like I wish there's more resources and maybe practicing it, but also not being afraid to go out in the real world and saying what I have to say in Spanish. And it may not come out right. It may not have the perfect Dominican accent. But I said it, and I'm trying, and I'm I'm trying with all my heart. <laughs>
0: that's yes, yes. I wish I could clap right now <laughs> because I would clap so hard. I think that um. First of all, thank you for sharing your experiences. I know it, it's kind of like like a deep conversation to have, but I also think that it's very important to discuss it because I think that a lot of the times and uh, we kind of, like, as a community, we crack, like, jokes about nosaho kids, and then we think, like, oh, you know. But if you really sit and think about it, like, I think it's very... Very damaging. Like one or jo- one two or two jokes here. Like okay, you know whatever. But when you're constantly joking about something that is very damaging or that you know bothers a person or that is very hurtful to some group, like it becomes kind of another way for us to distance ourselves even more. Like. We are already distancing ourselves, you know, based on, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but, like, Latin Americans tend to be, like, oh, yeah, we're better, depending on each country. So, we're already separating ourselves by country. And then, additionally, we're adding, like, even more separation within our countries by saying, like, yeah, this person is Latino, but not really because they don't speak Spanish. So... I think that we definitely need to have like as a community or as individuals we need to sit and think about the effects of like these jokes because at the end of the day they are damaging they are affecting somebody and I think that first of all protect nosabo kids I love nosabo kids I anytime somebody starts coming at nosabo kids I will stand up and be like shut up because I think that nosabo kids deserve advocacy yeah because it's it's kind of like you know at the end of the day we're all latin americans yeah. like what are we doing why are you separating why are them?
1: we starting a war why are we making them feel like alien is it alienated more than they have to be like it, it really makes no sense to me <laughs> yeah like like every time like oh you're not dominican you're not dominican i'm like you know at this point i have grown out of that phase and i said to myself You know, you can put the label that you want on me, but I know my label. I know that I walk around with a Dominican heritage, Dominican way, and that is the way I was raised. And so what? I don't speak the Spanish perfectly. I know who I am. And if you want to label me, that's fine, but my label's the one that's going to stick.
0: Period. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was wonderful, girl. (laughs) I love that. I think that's the perfect conclusion point you killed it thank you i know know. (laughs) (laughs) thank you for joining isabel this was a wonderful conversation to have this episode has officially come to an end as always thank you for tuning in today and remember that every day is a new chance to start over remember that you belong you matter and you deserve to take up space thank you